how how would you if if you or your child were bitten by a snake how would you proceed to capture it like what would what would be your plan oh just like go and like stomp on it and pick it up mm. like stop it and just pick it up everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face <laughs> <laughs> grab it by the tail right Absolutely not. <laughs> well, in this scenario, she's already been bit, so like, <laughs> like I don't, I have no idea. I just know it'll be like fast, and I'll get bit, and like we're all going down at that point. All right, so here's a trivia question for you: If you get bit by a snake, how long until it's full and able to bite again, like with a full blast of venom? Do they have multiple? I feel like it would be different for the snake and yeah. the age of the snake. I guess I don't know. Yeah, and this uh, is just speculation. And does the snake like sit there on a shot clock? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, because some some snakes. Uh, one of my son's favorite like nighttime books, which is just terrifying for me, is this snake book, and it talks about like the most venomous snakes in the world, and we have to read it and talk about all the facts. I have nightmares from it, but one of them is like they just continue to bite so, and like release the venom. There you so, go. Question. I, so actually this is reminding me of something I've heard is I've heard maybe it's just rattlesnakes. I don't know. Maybe it's all snakes, but you actually, if you get bit by a juvenile snake, it's worse than if you get bit by an that adult. That's true. I've because heard that. they don't know how to regulate how regulate much it. and yeah. they just dump it all. I went on a hike with my sister and our kids uh, this weekend and she was totally on copperhead watch because she's like it's breeding season the babies are out you got to watch for them and it was no offense to my sister but almost annoying like the whole hike she's walking ahead and she's just like like, why do we why (laughs) do why do we do this if you're going to be this just get her some snake boots yeah yeah i've i've been in very similar situations other times with people for snakes or bears or all kinds of other things and they're so worried about the the very far-fetched if that they're they can't focus on having fun doing whatever yeah. we're doing. I mean, you right should then. be aware, but your brain is actually built to recognize a snake and like before you process that there is a snake. Yeah. It is in your like genetics of just a million years of evolution. Your brain, yeah, like you, you ever see something on the corner of your head and you turn really quickly, it, like, cause it looks like a snake. Your brain will recognize danger before you can even process it. There's all yeah. kinds of cool, crazy things out there about our brains yeah. as to like what we just by nature do yeah. and don't like that we don't even realize but because that, of stuff like that. that shape like when you're driving and you see that shape your brain it's not like that you're paranoid you're seeing a snake it's literally human nature is to process that as danger so when you see it but my sister was all over like literally everything looked like a snake and we were on this very like we were in the cumberland gap mm-hmm. national historic national park and uh, like it's a fairly walked trail. There were people coming by, so I'm like somebody would have been like, "Hey, there's copperheads up here." You know, don't like I'm not I'm not saying you shouldn't look, but she was just treating it as if we were in the wilderness, and it was like this hiking trail. That, mm-hmm. It's the main hiking trail. We passed like multiple people on. We did pass a group who were who were like, "If you go that way, there's a yellow jackets nest," mm-hmm. and when they're all covered in stings. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> so we didn't go that way. They're like swelling up. Yeah, like I believe you. Yeah. Uh, sold. So <laughs> what is the right answer? Like, if you don't know, I mean, what would you guys do? Oh, if you did it, not know what snake it was and you got bit or your kid got bit, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, if I didn't recognize it, I would be killing it and bringing it with me. I'm not going back for the snake because it's not going to change my action plan. Well, but, if but I, know, I think to her point, like, if they don't... The antivenom. The, to get the antivenom. Yeah, like, what do you... I don't know that it's specific. I'm pretty really? sure... That I thought it was. 
I don't know how this all works, but uh, shouldn't you know this? You're like an EMT. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, oh a, I'm just like, a glorified just ambulance <laughs> driver. <laughs> he yeah, just starts taking syringes and starts yeah. stabbing people. No, yeah. that's don't that's definitely more of a hospital thing. You yeah. know, oh, yeah, we're, yeah, that's we're true. just they glorified ambulance that's drivers. That's true. You, they deal with yeah. that once you drop yeah, them off. Yeah, we don't carry antivenom on the ambulances. I thought it mattered. I heard that like I think there's just like a whole kind of litany within the kit that they give you, and it's just kind of like they crossbreed the antivenom to. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I also have heard that way know. less snake bites are actually venomous than people think. Oh, they like are. even if you get a copperhead bite, it might not get a full mm-hmm. grab on you. I, I'll butcher parts of the story. I'll make it short. But I had a cousin that got airlifted when he was a kid because he got hit by a copperhead. To and the way I understand it is when it was all said and done, it was like, yeah, this is all safe. Rather be safe than sorry, mm. but like nothing would have happened. Mm. I would. I'd be like, we need those helicopters right now, and they'd be like, it was a. It was a barn snake. Also, my dad had a dog before I was born that got hit by a copperhead, and it swelled up real bad, and they took it to the vet, and the vet was like, nothing Rick can really do. If it lives, it'll be fine. Dog lived, and the vet was like, yeah, if it gets hit by a copperhead again, like, you won't even know, because it just develops like a... Oh, uh, yeah? They, they like... It's apparently, if they get bit by snakes enough times, they'll develop immunities Maybe to there's it. something here. We should, uh, like... There's a company to be had. We could lean into this fear. We'll, we'll give you like you self inject copperhead. <laughs> There's a dude. There's a YouTuber. There is a guy. Yeah, tolerances too. Yeah. yeah, like the what's the crazy one from Africa? Uh, the is it the black mamba? The mamba. Yeah. Uh, Taipan. He he lets these things bite him. These are like lethal. So yeah. like if you get bit by one, you will die. Mm-hmm. And this guy has somehow built up tolerances to him by like taking trace amounts of the venom gonna backfire on him one day probably mm. I, there's this one snake in the book which is now pointless because i don't know which one it was but it was like the most poisonous snake in the book that we read at bedtime and it was like one drop of this venom will kill can kill 80 humans oh wow i was like oh shit <laughs> 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 and i'm like okay bo it's time to go to bed what's funny is Good i night. was uh and i think derek did more so i won't spend up much of the podcast telling my very boring and disappointing scouting story but I did the next day get into like serious snake territory and it was top of mind every second because on the second half of my scouting trip, uh, I was on a reclaimed coal mine and it's just big, like shale, like boulders everywhere. And it is the most snaky stuff that you can think of in Kentucky. Um, that's not on a, like a Creek or something, but I'm, I, at one point, well, on the second half of my scouting trip, I see a point uh, on the map it like comes out to a point on this this mountainside and i'm like that looks like it could be a good deer bedding area i'm gonna stop walk check it out and i'm walking in and i see like tons of buck tracks coming into it and i'm like that's good and then there's a bunch of poop and then there's more tracks and it's all leading right across like if you had the map out you're going right on top of this ridge and i'm like this is great because i think that would be a sensible place to bed uh for safety right like if I was a buck. And so I get out there and I'm like, this is looking awesome. And then I get out and this, this grass is deceiving and it's all bold, like person sized boulders that I'm stepping in and over this grass. And it was fine at first. Cause it was like ankle height and I could see pretty well what I was stepping into, but I never did quite get to the buck beds and I'm getting, I, I, I turned around when it got as high as my head mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't see anything. And I have pants on, I have like high boots, but they're not snake boots. And I'm like, I, this is just making me super uncomfortable. I don't feel like I should go any further. Just knowing it was like, it's peak snake season. Like the, you know, the, I felt like, I felt like I was making dumb decisions, uh, to try to find an actual bed where I'm like, they're clearly coming in and out of here. I mean, it was worn out 
and you know all the sign so i'm like if i come back to hunt here i'll bank on that and we'll see what happens but i'm not getting in here and getting snake bit i was at that point two miles on a not so great road to get down to the actual road and i'm like if i get bit i'm also at that point three quarters of a mile away from my car phone uh, signal i had phone signal sometimes but i at that t- at p- that point did not and so all the things were racking up in my head and then I was wondering, I had a tourniquet with me. I was like, I wonder if I get bit in the leg, if I should tourniquet. You know, I'm like thinking through all this stuff, like just, just as you do as you're wondering. And I'm like, would would that be smarter? But then I wouldn't really be able to walk very well. I don't know that a tourniquet would help. Doesn't I don't know. That, snake bites it seems like when you're moving, it would have pumped it through. Yeah, anyways. for some reason, I thought it was worse if you tried to tourniquet because it like concentrates the uh, venom you're, you're better to spot. try to let your body fight it i thought so but yeah i don't know i this, this I, is not medical i advice. hadn't even no yeah. not at all i hadn't even decided i would do that it's just these are the things i think yeah. of. i'm like i should know the answer to this but i didn't yeah but the funny <clears> part <throat> of this story because this is really the boring part but the funny thing is that i i happened I, last minute went down to see my parents and uh i that day i was like i think i have like three hours i could go up and scout this spot that i hunted a little bit last year and definitely got into some bucks, but uh, I found a good area where bucks were bedding, but I never saw a buck. But I was like, it wasn't super pressured. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go scout it. I'm gonna go again. So I get on my phone. I'm scouting a little bit, and I'm kind of flipping back between, you know, topographical. I'm going back to some of the other layers, and then I see this spot that was a field, and I had never noticed it before on the map. And I'm like, man, this looks awesome because it's like, you know, you kind of putting it together, and I'm looking at one of the layers, and there's like good food and it had the you know you do the thermal layers where there might be bedding spots all of it's looking really good and i'm like man i'm I'm gonna go try this out and there was an entry point from the north side and an entry point from the south side well the south side's where i hunted last year and on the map it said it was only 0.6 miles from where i had been to and i'm like all right cool man well i straight line (laughs) not counting (laughs) elevation or something (laughs) so so i go up i go to the spot and i get back up there pretty easy and I start walking down the trail and I'm, I'm like, man, this is a lot more elevation than I thought. And then I got to think about, it. I'm like, Oh, you dummy. You forgot to turn back on the topographical. Mm-hmm. I, I literally found this spot that looked good. And I'm like, I had no idea what the drop was going to be. I'm going down and down and down. And I'm like, it's cool, man. It's only 0.6 miles. Like I, I, no big deal. I'll be, uh, be able to, um, you know, if, if I wanted to hunt this, I'd be able to do it. It turned out being a mile because uh, the map was wrong. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got there, I'm looking at the field down below. And I'm like, dude, that is so far. That is so far down. I'm like, that's 500 feet at least. And I pull out my phone and I put the topographical lines back on. It's a thousand foot drop. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Thousand. Yeah. And so I didn't do anything. I literally put my phone back in my pocket and no regrets, just turned around and walked back out <laughs> 700 feet of climb back on up on the way out. But like, what an idiot. Who does that? Who goes in like, like literally I was just rushing trying to get out the door because I had this three hour window before dinner and I didn't want to leave my parents with all my kids. And I was like, I'm just going to go. And I've totally forgot to check the elevation because if, if I'd seen that on a map, 
I would have been like, there's no way. The other thing I wondered if I did, if I'd like, maybe I saw it and zoomed out and didn't realize the, 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 the gradient. Yeah, like maybe oh, I, so did you not actually line distance in it? You were just using like the key? I, I did before on another okay. area and I forget, I just, cause I was like, I literally was looking for 15 minutes on a place I was just going to go wander around. Yeah. And so like, right. I, I realized I was like, I either looked at it and didn't zoom in to see like it was different than what I thought yeah. or I just didn't look. But yeah. either way I got there and I was like, screw that. I literally <laughs> just walked a mile straight back out. And what the funniest part is I got up and there was this bench and there's a doe and I'm like, yeah, if I was a deer, this is where I would go through too, because there's a thousand foot drop on the other side. Right. So it's like, oh, this is the easy, like I was telling Erica this morning, like you're lazy. They're going to do the easiest path Mm -hmm. over the mountain. Right. Literally the start of the trail is where they're coming through. So I just walked two miles, like in in 700 feet of uh, climb and descent. So yeah, that was my scouting trip. Well, hopefully, you know. hopefully you don't shoot a deer and it goes that direction. I know, man. <laughs> oh, dude, it was. I mean, hun- you could see hundreds of feet down at the start, and then at the bottom, it was literally a thousand, thousand feet. Is that where your down. pictures were from? Yeah. Okay. Well, that that side looking out was different. Okay. So I didn't have a. I didn't take a picture of the thousand foot drop because you wouldn't have been able to see anything. Yeah. I could see it through the trees, and that's why I was like, oh my god, that is so much lower than I realized. But, like, what a bonehead rookie mistake, uh, which it wasn't a big deal. I didn't have anything else to do, and I enjoyed myself. It's That's good when we need the Cajun bow fishing for deer so we can just, like, reel Pull it back in. Up. Can you imagine, like <clears> – <throat> Oh, I did it with a, a – I couldn't have, I couldn't do it here because my, my SUV wouldn't get – this was, like, a four-wheeler trail. But I did that one time. I shot a doe, and she ran down to water. And it wasn't even that far. It was, like, 50 yards. I was like, ah, I'm not dragging that out. I just tied a rope around her neck and drug her out with a car. I know, oh, like, I've heard that. I don't know how true this is, but like those northeastern, like way northeastern, like Maine and parts of Quebec and stuff like that, moose hunters, when they kill a moose, they'll literally attach winches to trees oh. and just winch them up to that oh, location God. and they then just then keep reset. going. Yeah, and they just keep doing that. Like a couple of would maybe work better. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. You got into stuff this weekend? Oh, yes. What'd you do? Everything. <laughs> All right. You got spider bit. Uh, spider bit or. I don't think that's a tick, but we'll get to that. Um, so I'll, I'll gloss over the, the quick stuff real quick. Went fishing on the boat. Probably the last time I'll get the boat out. That was uneventful. Um, didn't catch anything, but started winterizing the boat. So, cause I mean, it's September I'm hunting now. Fishing's over. Um, went and did a little bit of scouting out at our property for deer, um, this is the property I've hunted my whole life. I know the place really well. It's not like I'm necessarily finding new areas, but it was a little fun because I'm where I'm going to bow hunt this season. I'm bow hunting in an area that was logged about two and a half, three ish years ago now. Um, really good growth going on in that area. Real big fat acorns that are already starting to drop. Um, and it's, you know, it's a section of the farm that I've hunted my whole life. I know it, but now it's completely different because it was logged. And, and that's kind of a double-edged sword. I, I don't necessarily like that it was logged, but then there's some other elements to it. So whatever, I'm embracing it. I'm going to hunt it this year during turkey season. I saw a lot of deer activity in there. So I went through there and found some really good trails, some pinch points, marked some trees. And it's interesting because, like, there's a real thick vegetation layer kind of low because now that the canopy's open from the logging, like, the sunlight's hitting but then you have these just real mature standalone trees that are just in scattered throughout spots. And it's like, man, that would be like, they left a lot of tulip poplars. They left a lot of oaks. It's like, these are going to be great trees to climb and hang from with the saddle. And so I found a few spots that I've marked, um, got that. That's, I did, I know for a fact, get into some ticks 
when I was doing that, which is why I, I wouldn't say I'm worried about this, but it is on the back of my mind that maybe I got Lyme. Who knows? Um, but did that, and then I, that was Friday. No, Saturday. That was Saturday. And then over the holiday weekend or whatever, Sunday, Monday, went out and did some scouting um, on some public and then also on a very large river system somewhere in our state. Um, did some scouting for wood duck I guess regular duck too when that season rolls around but wood ducks first and then goose um looked at some areas I've hunted before got some eyes on some new spots uh saw some spots on onyx that looked really good got out there they weren't very good you know just putting the puzzle together um found spots for that did some serious you know busting through brush on some of those spots that's I think I might have poison ivy up here that's where I got that from and then I've got all these scratches. That's from this morning. So this morning I went out and did some goose hunting. Early goose seasons in here, and it's they've changed it up this year. So the state's in two separate zones now. So it's only open in one zone currently. Um, but was hunting out there, and it was a real slow morning. Didn't see any geese or anything like that. But it was the first hunt for the 23-24 season for me. So that was nice, just getting out there. And I'm looking on Onyx, just kind of bored this morning. And I noticed that just a little bit down the road from where I'm at is a small section of public land that I've dropped some pens on before, just e-scouting. And that was like a year ago. And I've never actually stepped foot in this place. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what's the best use of my time right now? Because there's no geese out here. The landowners told me that they haven't seen geese out there in, like, two weeks. They did what the normal thing they do in the early season. They just disappear right when early season starts. And I decide I'm going to load up and I'm going to drive down to this public and just check it out because I'm looking for wood duck spots right now. Wood duck season's right around the corner, and I'm seeing some spots on Onyx that look real good on this section of public. Get down there, the first spot, park the truck, super easy trail takes you right down to this like marshy nasty bog with like not necessarily flooded timber but just there's tree stumps and everything sticking out of it it all looks weightable i start kind of walking down a part of it and i flush eight wood ducks right out of it Mm. and i'm like okay this is good but i'm also thinking to myself this is public getting here was super easy Probably everyone's going to be here during wood duck season, but maybe not because, like I said, this is a real small section of public that I think gets overlooked by a lot of people. Um, so then get back in my truck, drive around, still in the same WMA, but drive to a different access point or whatever park, and I can see where there's a part mac- or it's marked on the WMA map as a wetlands, but when you look on, on satellite and on Onyx, it doesn't show any water. And I'm like, well, let's see what's going on in there. So I follow a trail that takes you in there. I get to a point where I have to jump off the trail, and I'm just busting through some of the nastiest stuff ever, like as tall as me or taller, thorns, all kinds of stuff. I'm like, I just got to get there and just see it. And finally get into it, same story. I'm jumping wood ducks out of it. I'm hearing a lot more wood ducks. It's this real nasty, flooded, marshy area. It's a lot thicker than that first spot I found, and it's a lot harder to get to. And I'm thinking this is where I'm probably going to come. Um, walked around in it for a little while and then luckily found an easier way out and in, I guess, the easier way to get to this spot, but still difficult. And I still have to believe a lot of people probably aren't going to be in this spot. So, um, that's when I was, went through the, probably the biggest orb weaver web that I've ever seen in my life. And he was on it and I, I saw it like 
right as it happened. I mean, probably the size of a quarter or bigger. And so maybe he's what bit me. I don't know. But scouted through there, um, got out, went home, ate, took a shower, came here. Wow. He really did give us a breakdown of his entire weekend. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of hunting, a lot of scouting, a little bit of fishing. It was good. Access is what I don't like about the spot I was in. It's like, yeah, it's 50-some thousand acres, but it's so accessible everywhere. That's always the issue with public land hunting yeah. i mean anybody that hunts public land knows it it's like you find these spots that look great and then season rolls around and everyone's there and you yeah. know i mean it's it's the name of the game it's part of it and yeah. that's why you know working hard to get to those spots that people aren't going to is key in my book yeah sometimes yeah. i wonder like i mean i've been up there in hunting season and guys are driving way back with side by sides further than i can get my suv um and sometimes i wonder i'm like they probably all are like me and they're like i gotta get further back and I remember talking to Bill Thompson about this. Mm-hmm. He said, sometimes the deer know that. Mm-hmm. And and they he said the biggest deer that he had on data, uh, or like some of the biggest ones they had from their collar data that they used to build his app, he's like, some of them were living by the parking lot. Oh, yeah. And he's like, literally, we had data that showed. Just watching the yeah, pumpkins go by. Yeah, he said it would come in and bed by the parking lot, and then it would head back out away from the parking lot, so nobody would ever see that deer. But it, it knew it was safe right there. <laughs> I mean, the, wow. so the WMA I was at today, the second spot that I stopped at, there was a guy who was hunting, presumably, but his truck was there in the parking lot. I could tell he was probably deer hunting based off of some other stuff I saw in his truck. And I walk in on, the, like, the main trail that takes you back in, and it wasn't 50 yards in. There's a huge game trail crossing right in front of mm-hmm this trail this human this you know foot trail or whatever that leads you back there and i'm watching and then even uh the day before when i was out scouting on another section of public land like you're just finding all these real heavily used game trails right next to the parking lot and it i feel like it's maybe a bit of two things i think it's like what you're saying i think a lot of these animals know but then also like season just opened they've had no hunting pressure up till now Um, well the thing about where i was though they have off-road like there's constantly people mm-hmm. i mean it's a super popular place to ride you know i had to i think I, there was a uh, three off-road vehicles up there when i was up there mm-hmm. um and the the but the thing is the where they're betting the trail like it is the easiest way out and again mm-hmm. deer are lazy like it's they're coming through that's the only way out of there mm-hmm. so the the the, I was the only thing I was thinking about, like, well, I'm gonna have to like find a place to leave my car far enough out to walk in because it's most of it's gravel road. It's mm-hmm. not like it's super accessible, and you guys saw like I have, I definitely did some mudding on the way into that, but mm-hmm. you know, you you can get in there. Uh, it's it's just a matter of, you know, like you said, when season hits, will they be getting a lot of pressure? There was a truck. I think I saw one truck that it was probably bow hunting mm-hmm. up there. Um, some, what are you? Okay, did you see rubs? No. Well, I saw one that I thought was probably a rub, but I couldn't tell for sure. Um, so what are you looking for right now? Like just the game trails? Tracks, poop, okay. and bedding is what I was looking for. Because it's such a big area, and so much of it is uh, it's really not that – like those deer in some of those boulder spots, like I don't think a deer would really want to go th- through there any more than I do, mm-hmm. even though they have longer legs and they're kind of built for terrain better than we are. Like they're going to pick, like that's why they're coming down the trail, right? Like they're right. coming down that trail. Cause it's the easiest place to go through. 
So I was looking for, you know, kind of putting your deer hat on of like, if I were coming off of that mountain to go down or to go to, to a pond or whatever it is, like, where would I be going through? And you can tell a lot of that on the map, which I think is kind of what Derek was alluding to. Like, you know, they're not going to take the thousand foot incline. That's why I turned around immediately. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, this is not good. Like, this is not a good place where they're going to be coming through. I would have, I knew I was going to have to go at least another mile down a thousand feet to even get to the bottom where they probably are. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there, that's why I went, that's why I ran to the deer on the way back out. Cause that's where it kind of leveled off a little bit. It was the, the, you know, the bench, uh, in between a saddle in between two points, the deer picking the lowest access point. And that was the easiest way down into the, th- that's where the picture was. Mm-hmm. They were heading into where that picture I sent you guys uh, okay. was, um, you know, they're heading into that to go get water or feed. And that was the easiest path. So I'm kind of like just trying to figure out where they're coming from and I'm dropping pins along the way because then you can kind of start to put together a trail of where they're likely going through. And then, you know, if the morning of somebody's in your spot, you got at least an idea of where else they might be moving to. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm doing with that section of public that I'll be waterfowl hunting um, that I was scouting yesterday was like, this is a, this is an area that's made up of let's see, there's a, there's a big public waterway. It's state owned. Like anybody can get on it that I've hunted before. There's some private in that area that I have hunting rights or I permission to hunt on. There's two separate WMAs that I've hunted before. And it's just the more time I spend out there, the more I'm putting pieces of this puzzle together, which is what you're talking about. Like, you know, that they're going to, you're looking for bedding here. You look for game trails that go here. You're looking for water, you know, all these things were in the same token, but in waterfowl, like I've been hunting all around this area for a couple of years now. I know that they roost over here. I know that they're going to loaf over here. I know this is a feed. I know that I've never seen anything over here. So let's not even focus on that area. And I, that's just really all of it is just putting the puzzle together. Yeah. Just and it can change more year more to year. Pieces of the puzzle. It can change year to year. Like mm-hmm. he said on his property, but last year, you know, I'd hunted that property for five years, four years and the deer were where they were. They were always in the same spot. And then last year, I'm like, man, they're not doing what they normally do. What is going on? And then Jacob and I were looking at his app. And he's like, oh, well, if you looked over here, look, there's there's a lot of oak trees. And I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense now. It kind of clicked why I was seeing the behavior I was. That's when I moved with my saddle, started hunting out in this spot. I'd never, I'd hunted some, but mm-hmm. never successfully. And that's where I shot my deer from last year. Because they were actually, we, we, our thesis was that there was probably a drop that they were coming from, like the mass that they were eating down there and then coming up into the field for the does, mm-hmm. which was totally accurate. That's where the bucks were coming from. And I'd never seen the bucks coming from that side. So it just depends. I mean, because those trees are going to, I've heard Lindsay Thomas talk a lot about like how finicky acorn drops can be. You know, they, they're not a guarantee slam dunk. You know, I mean, we've <laughs> they even cycle. this tree in the office, they, yeah. they didn't drop last year. I mm-hmm. think it was last year. It didn't drop at all. Uh, you know, they, they do cycle. So if you, a spot you've always had where they're coming through strong, it can change. Mm -hmm. So getting out and kind of seeing what's up is, Mm -hmm. you know, what they're doing this year is relevant. But the, for me, even seeing that doe, I'm like, okay, well, I know does are over here, which means in November, the bucks are going to be trying to find the does. So it helps. It's not slam dunk. I'm probably not going to shoot a buck right where she was standing, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's a piece of the puzzle. Piece of the puzzle. I want to move my tree stand this weekend. And last year, I kind of talked about how I got the tree stand set up where we thought we had scouted and was like, this is going to be a great spot. There's a rub right there. There's a rub right there. There's a scrape over here. But then once season started for both bow and gun season, 
they were like a little bit further over and I had no shot. Like it was just like a tree line. So by the time they came around, I didn't have a shot for them. So I think I'm going to move my stand over there. But I really, really want to saddle, but I haven't, I'm not pulling the trigger yet. Tim will be like, what, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. How much money? <laughs> my, my urban spot that I've got cameras on right now has probably like five or six bucks on it that I've seen so far. Mm. And three of them I would shoot for sure. Cause might have low standards, uh, <laughs> compared to most <laughs> go wild guys or a lot of the go wild guys. Um, but there's one, he's probably, you know, not that that's like some, you know, trophy buck, but I mean, I'm like, if uh, in a pinch like this year where I'm, you know, not, I, I, I guess I haven't said on a podcast yet, but I lost my hunting spot that I've been hunting on for like five or six years, which is fine. It's not like I was entitled to it. I was being allowed to hunt there as a favor to my dad. Dude's been super nice to me and always let me do whatever I want. Um, and this year he, someone wanted to lease it and he let him, which is totally, it's his property. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm grateful for the run I had, but I'm kind of scrambling cause I'm, I'm now trying to find a new spot, but this, this urban spot, I'm like, yeah, there's some like good, but will they be there in the spring? I don't know, but there is a pond on the property and it's one of the only two ponds within a couple miles there. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers we all crossed. have so many high hopes. Like, Oh, I know. I have low expectations. I've had some dudes on camera that, like, I want to go find, but I know I'm going to show up and they're just. (laughs) No, I mean, like, like big boys. Well, I'm I'm sensitive to that because I literally had dudes on camera a couple years ago. That urban spot. Well, this is a different one. I haven't put up cameras in that spot yet. No. But yeah, I've got some deer that I hope are, are hanging out. And. I'm I'm ready at this point. It's just been timing. I'm going to try and maybe get out one afternoon this week to try to get out there and an archery hunt. Too friggin' hot. But one of the public spots I was at yesterday found a fresh gut pile. So did you? Some some a guy Somebody out there shooting. got one with the bow. I'm assuming based on how hot it was. I'm assuming he probably got it the evening right before I got out there. Yeah. Just cause the condition of the gut pile. But do you think they're still in velvet? I have one deer that is not. Most of them are, though. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Indiana doesn't open until October 1st. You guys have opened. Yeah, Kentucky's we, one of the do. first in the country. We're one of the few states that we kind of do have that opportunity of getting bucks in velvet here. So that's an interesting point is that so season's open. I've got a bunch of really nice velvet deer on camera, and I've got one really nice hard antler deer on camera. Because mm-hmm. you want a velvet. I want a velvet. I do. Bad. And so – I'm at the point now where I have to decide because that the hard antler deer has been coming in fairly consistently on the two cameras I've seen him. And so I'm going to have to decide if I see him in shooting light, if I'm going to take him or if I'm going to mm-hmm. try for a few weeks to get a, a velvet deer. But I don't know. It'll be a I've decided, in the moment decision. I've decided I'm not going to be near as picky with my, my buck here in Kentucky this year because I'm also trying to fill some Tennessee tags and I can drop down there pretty quick and got a nice place to stay so i've got some some buck tags in a state just south of here yeah. so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna try to focus on getting a buck a lot earlier here in kentucky with my bow and then focus more on tennessee but we'll see what actually happens i always have a plan but it never actually goes the way i want it to but same actually i don't usually have a plan plan is like i'm gonna go out and see what happens so. yeah that's why i'm so worried about this wood duck season coming up especially kind of after just 
more or less accidentally finding these spots on public this morning. Now I'm like really got my hopes up because this morning when I woke up, I was kind of dreading wood duck season. I'm like, I'm going to go hunt my same spots where I have a chance at them, but it's just not great. Yeah. And then I found these two spots. I'm like, oh my gosh, these spots are great. Mm -hmm. See, that's what's kind of interesting about my spot. I have invested both time and sweat on this one particular tree spot location to get deer, Mm -hmm. plenty of deer on camera right there. But I have not done well on the rest of the property figuring out where I would hunt if I want to change locations. Because I don't want to, like, wear that tree out, hunt it ten times and nothing else. Mm -hmm. But I've kind of limited myself in the work that I've done preseason to that single spot. Mm -hmm. And so, I I don't know. Plan B is up in the air. (laughs) Um, You know how I've been planning that we added a bunch of new stuff into the Go Wild shop? And in my cart right now. It's a buddy heater. <laughs> um, and then like a little tree skirt thing to keep the heat in. So mm-hmm. I can put the buddy heater there and the tree skirt. And uh, we are out of stock in a, a seat warmer right now today. I know it's bougie. I don't care. I'm, hey, you know. It's going to extend my Whatever keeps my you time. out there longer. Whatever yeah. keeps you out there. Yeah. yeah. When did your season open? Well... I just don't think I'm going to be lucky in bow season, so I'm ready to, like, ride it out. You're preparing for, for November. For, yeah, last year when I had, like, six inches of snow on my head. For Erica needs the heater for when it drops down to 60 degrees. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know that. she's going to be using that in the office. Yeah. Like, great. you can put, like, a little propane that's your, thing That's your, it. like, a heated rock. We always joke that Erica's a lizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, it'll be 95 degrees and she's sitting outside. Your computer probably has less hoodie. stamina <laughs> than you do with the heat. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, log your time on Go Wild. If you didn't check out, Erica mentioned the brands, but I'll shout out that real quick. Um, we did launch 250 new brands on Go Wild. They are in the camping, hiking, survival categories. So, you know, t- we had tons of people asking for tents and sleeping bags and stuff. So those are finally live. So go check those out. Um, we also, uh, just as we've kind of been talking a lot of whitetail stuff, if you want to get into saddle hunting, we have an awesome selection of that stuff now. We do have Timber Ninja now. We've got all your other standard brands, but uh, I think we're selling seven brands of, of saddle gear now, something like that. And a lot of those ship here from the HQ. Uh, so maybe, maybe you know, you can buy some Timber Ninjas. Derek will give you a little love note get or something. Get a handwritten note, note from him. Yeah. A little yeah. love note from Derek. Uh, but yeah, so check that stuff out. If you're kind of gearing up for fall, we appreciate you guys, uh, and, and your business. This was Brad Luttrell, Jacob Knight, Erica Johnson, and Derek Tolls. Thank you all.